uh, because we did start things off with with Carpool Chris. Hi, and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. Welcoming everyone to the the podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm joined with uh, JV here. JV, you can obviously you heard he's, he's doing all right. It's very hot. Uh, Chris was complaining uh, about how hot it is in his garden uh, as he is sunbathing is and all, all of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you didn't miss anything there on the first uh, few moments. Just technical difficulties to get us going on this uh, Tuesday morning. Um, so yeah, I'm okay. JB's okay. Carpool Chris is hot. Um, yeah let us know where you're from in the live chat how the weather is because you know we're british and apparently even in scotland we like to talk about the weather um, right? yeah. <laughs> so let us I know mean, it's like 14 degrees and i feel it's warm already oh it's about 20 i'm gonna say 27 i'm gonna go with a 27 in the studio right now um but i feel that uh, as this podcast continues we're gonna get nice into the 30s in here uh, it would yeah. be very, very warm. Um, let us know where you're watching from. I was interested to uh, to get the, the feeling of where everyone is kind of, you know, joining us uh, from on this Tuesday morning or afternoon or whatever time frame it is, wherever you are in the world. Let us know in the live chat. And uh, if you do enjoy the content, find it maybe useful, informative, maybe maybe just entertaining, uh, smash the like button. Um, I think Chris would, uh, would definitely appreciate, um, appreciate that. And... Uh, I think I've got I've got something for Chris to say that, but I don't know if I have or haven't. I think there's, yeah. Mash up that like button. Mash up the like button, as Chris would say. And um, if you're new, subscribe. It's, uh, it's it's usually this unprofessional. Yes. Uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so what we've got we've got Austria. I like Austria. Austria's very nice. Canada, family over in Canada is a nice place as well. Yeah. UK HB. I'm sure they are Polish living in the UK. So it's good to see. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, let's um, let's kind of get into it, some of the stuff that we've seen then, um, because there's been some interesting things circulating around uh, the interwebs, right? Uh, mm, yes. Where do we start, JB? Where do you want to start? Um, where could we start? Do we start in America? America. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I love Team America. So, <clears throat> do we want to talk about Coinbase or do we want to talk about the government? Oh, let's start with the government and that should seg- segue us into Coinbase. Yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously the government, we know fine well the government's having problems with money. They don't know what money actually means anymore. Money means nothing to the government. Or the lack of money means nothing to the government. <laughs> so the speech obviously Janet Yellen came out with, who's the Treasury Secretary, basically said that they, they're going to have no money by the middle of June. They will have no money to repay debts, no money to pay for anything. And, you know, America's in a really tough place right now. So what do we see the possibilities coming off of here? Well, we could see the... F- possibility of the 14th amendment being enacted by biden and the debt ceiling gets raised and there's no issues anymore you know money means nothing yet again it's the biggest ponzi uh <laughs> <laughs> out there it's uh, literally the the idea of look we're going to hold ourselves accountable we're going to have a debt ceiling and no one's going to you know basically be able to print more than, than what's on the debt ceiling everybody you're all safe don't worry 
put your money in the bank and then there's no need to to kind of put it in gold or anything else uh you know the dollar the almighty dollar is is it's stable it's secure um and then all they're going to do is keep raising the debt ceiling and keep tricking people into thinking uh that, that, that actually their money's meaning has any kind of meaning behind it right now it'll just it's a it's a joke <laughs> it's uh i mean there's there's probably got to be in fact jb i reckon that memes will get created and then they'll get turned yes. into shit coins at some point in the future there will be some kind of debt ceiling coin out there i reckon uh <laughs> there isn't already yeah. <laughs> there's gonna have to be some kind of shit coin um you know to deal with this nonsense um but yeah it's it's just such a and i don't what what baffles me more and we, we saw this a lot with the pandemic a couple of years back it, like how people just kind of you know are so complacent to just kind of get on and no rebel don't rebel and just kind of you know oh yeah that's fine we'll just you're just print more i'll yeah, be fine i'll just we just raise this in it's fine we'll just carry on as if like nothing is happening and burying their head in the sand and it just baffles me people's behavior it really does what what is concerning to me this so this obviously goes back a long way so the figure we've, we've seen come out was since 1917 is when the the limit was basically put in place. The 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 max debt ceiling was eleven point five billion. So you the, the United States couldn't have any more than eleven and a half billion dollars worth of debt. Now that alone is monumental. Even this day and age, it's still a monumental figure to have eleven and a half billion dollars of debt. Something seriously went wrong if you've got that much debt. But anyway, since its inception, the, the debt ceiling has been raised a hundred times. Every single president has had the debt ceiling raised whilst they've been in office. The debt ceiling is now $31.4 trillion. How can you have... Uh, we know it means nothing. It's literally just figures. It's, it's wooden dollars. Bank numbers. The, the fractional How banking system. $31.5 trillion worth of debt. Something <laughs> You've really messed up there. I mean, it's not messed up. <laughs> that, that's that's just. It's, I've made a mistake. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> that, that's a monumental fuck up. Is what that is. Um, <laughs> she's in jail time. Surely, I mean, you know, um, uh, it's just bonkers. Like a regular person printing uh, printing their own money, it would be would be criminal. Uh, but if they do it, it's okay. You know. Uh, it's this craziness. It's absolute craziness. And thirty-one point five, did you say? Thirty-one point four. Yeah, thirty-one point four trillion. Uh, here's the question for the live chat: What number do you reckon they're going to lift it to? Fifty. Fifty trillion dollars. We're fine. Print, print, print. Everybody gets stimulus checks. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> so what's stopping us going into the bank saying it's fine? Just uh, just raise my overdraft. Yeah, just, I have a ten thousand dollar overdraft. It's fine. And then uh, ten, that overdraft. Just ten thousand. No, 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 no. You're, you're thinking too small. Let's start thinking like a president. <laughs> like, I would like to raise my overdraft. I have no intention of paying it back. I would like thirty-one point four trillion dollars, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Take that money, and then I'm going to go for, I buy gold with it. <laughs> I buy Bitcoin. Buy all the Bitcoin. <laughs> Raised by one point five trillion. Uh, it's insane. Raised by 1.5 trillion. I mean, yeah, yeah, they could. I don't think it'll last them very long, though. Not at the rate that they keep going. Yeah. Um, like, that would take them up to 30, 32.9 trillion. I, I, I think you're. Um, so, yeah. so here's the thing, right? If Are they going to raise it? If they are going to raise it, how much are they going to raise it by? 
And then, if they don't raise it, how much inflation do you think is going to happen when they start printing their way out of it? So they've only got the, the two options have, here. That, that people aren't really paying attention to. If they don't raise the debt ceiling, they default. How, but what percentage of America will lose their job? I think like, it was like 10 million, wasn't it? I think that that's an underestimated figure. Like, oh, I wouldn't way be underestimated. surprised to see 20-30% of yeah. America will lose their job. Yeah, you know, yeah. for the, the the seriousness behind the, the 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 what would you call it the monetary powerhouse that is America, you know they're slipping. They're not as dominant as they were. If and this is a massive if here, America defaults, a mass amount of the population will lose work. There'll be riots. The everything that comes off the back of America's possible default is just not something anybody wants to see. Really, no. really look into everything that could happen if America defaults. The world doesn't want to see that happen. So there's there's three options. That's how I see it, right? They default, and uh, we, we slip into the dark ages. Right? And uh, option two, uh, they lifted the debt ceiling, and and everyone's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not a problem. We're just going to ignore it. We're just going to keep keep lifting the ceiling until you know we, we eventually remove it and just don't have a ceiling. Yeah. Um, or C, they decide, you know, Fed. You just need to print, just print, 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 print X amount of trillions, and uh, and we'll just pay the debt back, and then um, we'll deal with the inflation after, right? And uh, again, on the back of that printing exercise, more people would lose their jobs anyway. Um, yep. So there's not like a good solution here. Um, there's kicking the can down the road by lifting the the ceiling. There's printing and creating more economic damage in the US uh, and globally for that matter uh, as there is going to be a knock-on effect with the USD um, alternatively default and uh, and actually you know start start again from from scratch and uh, that's not a pretty thing but at least then you might actually have uh, something to come from it longer term so I think longer term a default would probably be a more sensible option um, yeah. but uh, the shorter term uh, is probably just going to have to be ceiling raised or printing, uh, and considering it's election uh, terms and stuff, right? Isn't it really? Yes, like it's starting to do all that kind of campaigning. Um, it will be far away. I'm not. I'm not seeing a long-term solution uh, being presented here. <laughs> well, Biden's not really a long-time president. Look at the age of the guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I totally agree that a, a default is the best solution. But there's a massive but. Society, the way that society is now. They are not prepared and they couldn't handle a default, a reset of the financial system. I said there previously, it's like the, the riots you would see come off the back of this. If anyone thought the Civil War was bad, what could potentially happen in America? Let's just say a figure of like 30% of workers lost their jobs. It's not going to be your high-end workers that start to lose their jobs first. It's going to be the paycheck-to-paycheck the paycheck employees, the ones that, you know, are struggling month to month, they're the first that will lose their jobs. So it's those Bitcoin He's... holders with the uh, the one Bitcoin or less. Yeah. So it's the the shirts and ties, the the high net worth individuals, they're the ones that are protecting themselves. They won't lose their jobs first. They'll go to the bottom of the food chain or the, the work chain and work their way up. So when that starts to happen, you're going to see the ones that are really, really struggling. Well, they're going to start to revolt. And they're the ones that are going to start this knock-on effect of what could happen, you know. When you really, really think about what could happen on a possible default, you just, it's just something that, you know, society isn't ready for. But what do you think will happen to Bitcoin 
should um, the debt ceiling get raised? It's hard to say because you know a lot of, a lot of bills would see it as a positive. Like you know, let's drive it up now. We've got more money to spend. We've got a bit more flexibility here. I want to say, you know, anything that happens to going forward is just going to pull Bitcoin down more and more. Yeah, I think um, if they print more or they lift the ceiling, the bulls will try to take advantage of that and push Bitcoin up. And with the inflation alone, the price of Bitcoin on the USDT pairs or USD pairs essentially is going to rise anyway, right? Because inflation is going to push the price of Bitcoin up like it would push the price of fuel up and push the price of everything else up. Um, A default, on the other hand... I think you would see almost an instantaneous <clears throat> red candle. <laughs> the biggest red candle. Uh, the biggest one uh, for, for we've all seen for a very long time. Uh, on the back of all of this kind of stuff about debt ceilings, we also talk about banks and more banks collapsing. Chris talks about this uh, all the time. Um, and it's, uh, it's a subject that is really, uh, hard. really hard to talk about from time to time. And... A lot of people don't seem to want to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, some banks have collapsed, some pretty big ones have collapsed, and big mergers have happened. And Yellen is expecting more. What's your thoughts on that, Jade? I totally agree. You know, I said that again, if a default happens, then the banks essentially have no money. You're going to see so many major banks collapse. You're going to see the minor banks collapse. And then when they collapse, what's a knock-on effect? It comes back to Joe Bloggs, that average Joe that cannot get their money back out because the banks have collapsed. So... There's just so much behind it. If a default does happen, it's not a good position. It's it is good on the long term, but the short term repercussions of a default is just. I think very we'll. Uh, I think we're going to see some super banks. <laughs> oh, you're going to see these big I don't entities. Know why there isn't super banks already though. Oh, I that think they already exist. They just, solve a lot of problems. Yeah, I think they already do exist to a point, and we're starting to see a lot more of it, right? With some of these banks that have already collapsed and been merged in and kind of soaked up into these entities, you're going to end up with very few super banks and like hardly any kind of small retail banks by the end, I think. Um, this is definitely a lot worse than 2008's financial crisis. I know people don't yes. like to see to kind of think about that um, because... Well, everything that happened with the housing market affected a lot of people, right, back in 2007, 2008, and and so forth, and the years that followed. Um, But what was going on this time around isn't too dissimilar. It's just on a totally different sector. And the housing market isn't immune to this either. Just because it's been through some turbulence in the past doesn't mean it's kind of done and dusted. The housing market is on the cusp of some major shakes as well. Um, But I think this is going to ripple through so many more industries and we're going to see a lot more banks kind of collapsing and merging. And as a result of that, a lot more jobs will be will be on the chopping block. And uh, a lot more people, regular everyday folk, are going to be uh, the ones suffering for it again. And again, it all kind of comes back down and rolls all the way back to 2020. In fact, you could probably argue 2019, really. Um, and is it bad and poor decisions that were made, uh, not just in the US, but globally, and um, and now everyone, regular people, are paying those prices. Uh, and I, I've been saying this for years. Um, everything that was going on in, in 2020, all the decisions that were made uh, were made only for one purpose, of flowing the money in one direction. Uh, even though it looked like they were giving it away to people, stimulus checks, furlough checks, right, all these things. But all that money was flowing in one direction at, at the end of the day. All money was going up to the top of the pyramid. Um, and... Now, no one's got the money. Everyone's kind of overstretched themselves. 
uh, I say everyone, but like I'm exaggerating to a point here, but a lot of people were using that additional funding to invest in things, uh, whether that was cryptocurrency or not. Uh, I saw a lot of people um, stretching themselves, like saying, look, I'm saving all this extra money for these stimulus checks, these furlough checks, and I'm putting it into a house that I wouldn't normally be able to afford. They got the deposits together and they kind of overstretched what their mortgage could be. Now, of course, mortgage rates are like double, triple. And now what they're going to do? going to have to sell up if there's a buyer in these uh, uncertain times or take a loss uh, have it repossessed there's a lot of things that are still yet to unfold and um, I'm not saying it to create fear and uncertainty and doubt these are things that um, they're kind of being mapped out for quite some time and you could kind of be forward thinking and have to plan around these things um, but I recently had uh, my little mortgage uh, uh, and uh, it's fixed term end right and I got my little letter come through and uh, they tripled it right fortunately I had uh, forward thinking knowing that everything was coming to an end months in advance was locking it in at a much better rate and then it is now but you kind of get the idea here you see the same with energy companies putting the costs of prices up right and what do the governments do well, the government's like look don't worry we'll cover the extra costs and all that's going to do is incentivize the companies to raise their prices right <laughs> so they're getting extra money from the governments right and uh well, that's not that money's going to run out eventually, right? Uh, specifically in the UK, I, I can't remember exactly when that expires, but that's going to expire, and these bills aren't going back down, but they were inflated, and the money again is flowing in one direction, to the top of the pyramid. So all of these things that we see with the debt ceiling, with all this extra printing, all this inflation, and all this stuff that's going on around the world, it all kind of just stems back to poor decisions at the very top level, or certain strings were pulled at certain levels uh, to enable certain amounts of funding to flow to the right or right areas um and and for the most part it's the regular everyday people that are left uh you know feeling the pain and i think that's going to continue gonna agree more i think you know you summed it up pretty much perfectly so off of everything else, if, if you know you do see a default happening, there's other things that are going to come into effect that are, that are going to be affected. Sorry, so like so, of your pensions, mutual funds, uh, household funds, you know, all that will have a knock-on effect too. Now, I was reading uh, just while you were talking there that 31 percent of the debt is foreign-owned, and I didn't know that Japan was the largest holder of U.S. Treasury securities with around 1.1 trillion dollars worth. I think that's absolutely insane. Uh, Japan has $1.1 trillion. China and the UK have $867 billion and $654 billion, respectively. It's a lot of money that's, uh, that, that is due out. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is bonkers. I think I saw um, China was trying to offload some, uh, some US debt over the yeah. past few months or so, um, which was compounding the... Uh, the issues with the DXY, which is one of the reasons that Bitcoin was pumping in earlier in the year, uh, was basically the dollar was basically getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and uh, China were kind of offsetting uh, or were kind of basically looking to sell off uh, their debt. And it was a, it was a collaborative effort. And if um, all the centralized banks around the world were to kind of band together, they could absolutely destroy the US right now. Um, but it puts the US in a really difficult position, I think. Not that they would acknowledge that, of course. Very, um, they're very bullish. <laughs> yeah, well, SBM's pointed out another big thing as well. I've seen quite a lot of um, 
that banks are offering to up credit card limits across the board. Now, I've had emails as well come through saying, would you like this credit card from here? Or is it PayPal? They're trying to offer you flex credit and stuff now. So you can see big companies, you know, they're trying to get some, they're trying to get some debt. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then obviously for the banks to be reaching out, here's a new credit card or here's, we want to yeah. up your limit at 4% or 11%, whatever, whatever the rate is. I don't use a credit card, so I don't know. But yeah. No, that's, it's, um, it's bad, right? So I've heard horror stories about credit cards. I, I use one um, specifically for like online purchasing and stuff like that. And you can have the layers of protection, right? I'd rather use someone else's money than my money initially. But it's always cleared uh, every single month, for example, right? Um, credit card over debit card and all that kind of stuff. But um, some horror stories. Uh, people, uh, say banking uh, sectors or credit card companies, raising your limit. Um, for everyday people who are paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and what they uh, tend to do is these individuals use that limit. They use it, everything that they have access to. They just use it. Um, and then these credit card companies are like, you're too close to your limit. You're, you're, we're going to have to reduce your limit. And then they go, when they reduce that limit, there are, these people are then above their limit. And of course, there's fees for that. Oh, you're above your limit. That's a, that's a fee. Um, you're not paying it back in, you know, it's, it's a fee, it's a fee, it's a fee. Uh, and so the horror stories go quite simply. The, these banks and these credit card companies increase limits to people who they know are going to use that limit, and yep. then they remove it, and then they charge you uh, every single, you know, month for being over your limit, an extortionate fee. Um, these companies are just criminal, in my opinion. Um, that's almost as bad as, do you remember back in the day, uh, I think they all kind of got uh, regulated out in the end, or say heavily regulated out some of these really bad actors but uh the payday loans they were they were awful right they were ruining people um and basically you know they'll, they'll give you a loan two-week loan or whatever um at like 400 percent right? and you just you just were never able to get out of it you're one, one payday loan to another payday loan to another payday loan and they're just attacking um the the most vulnerable people out there uh, on the lower side of the income spectrum and it's just the worst one I did see out of it, the the company were a, they, they sponsored like a lot of football teams. I think it was like Newcastle, a, a team up in Scotland that I won't mention because I hate the team. Um, they were called Wonga, and I remember a case a case for Wonga. The the, the, the person that had to pay the loan actually won the case, and it was something astronomical, like a thirty day loan had eighteen hundred percent interest. How 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 is that even justifiable? Eighteen hundred percent interest on a thirty day bank loan essentially payday loan um they were took to court over it basically the person who took the loan it, i can't remember the exact number that was borrowed and had to be paid back but it was unbelievable the person basically refused to pay it back went to court and won the case and that's how you know we've seen the, the clamp down on payday loans but 1800 percent on a 30-day bank loan that's nuts it is bonkers um just absolutely insane and and so when we see these things right we already know that credit card debt is on the rise and it's rising steadily right uh, and we also see um savings accounts dwindling down to nothing uh, and at the same time as all these things are happening you then see these banks kind of raising limits and uh, on credit cards and overdrafts um, and these are all recipes for disaster right you, you can't it's not a sustainable model to be you know, just throwing more and more debt out there. So the US, um, they should, the correct thing to do is sort their problems out. Um, but I think all they really are interested in doing is staying in power uh, and basically just uh, 
doing what they need to do to kind of shortcut things and uh, make themselves look fantastic. And when I say they, I don't mean all of America. I mean uh, the presidential candidates, right? They'll lie through their teeth um, and do what they need to do in order to stay in the White House, for example. Um, uh, criminals. Uh, you see this with uh, Gary Gensler and the rest of them, right? You know, rumors of him running for office or whatever. <laughs> like, I just like criminals. They're all criminals, and they all should uh, should do time. My opinion. I'm looking forward to seeing everything. Uh, what happens with the next election? I know we're getting a bit into politics, often yeah. a bit of a tangent, <laughs> but we did see about Robert Kennedy. So it's JFK's uh, son or grandson, whatever it is. Um, you know, he's pro-crypto, so, you know, it's, hype, they, hype. they're understanding, you know, the, the future of finance and everything else there. So I'm interested to see how he approaches his campaign, if he targets, you know, a move towards crypto or if he stays at conventional and then tries to bring crypto in later on. It'll be very interesting to see his campaign. Mm. So let's segue into Coinbase then. Sorry, I was coughing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we're not in America, so we don't see American TV. But Brian Armstrong, for all these flaws, is trying his hardest to push crypto on America, basically telling America why America needs crypto. Now, after the conversation we've just had, if there was not a reason before, there is a reason now. <laughs> so I think it's launched a TV campaign. So Coinbase as a whole have launched a TV campaign citing that you know crypto is not a financial product um, the technology that underpins the everything around crypto helping the fin financial system you know if america don't act quickly they're going to miss the boat because you know we've already spoke previously about these major exchanges now looking to leave america but when they do it's obviously going to hurt the financial sector so credit credit to brian credit to coinbase here to I think it's Washington DC. This is this is going to be based from the the campaign, the TV campaign. So give him, I'll give him credit for where he is. He wants to push the the pros, the pro narrative of crypto to America, but I don't think a TV campaign is going to be enough. You know, he needs to stand up and uh, what what are they called senators? He needs to sit with them and you know really show the power that the crypto is going to have going forward, and you know. Would the banks be in this problem if they had more adoption? I don't think they would. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, a TV campaign's great, but it's not really uh, at the right level, as you say. It needs to kind of be attacked top down. Um, so, you know, you need to get some of these dinosaurs out and uh, some new, fresh, uh, lively blood um, in. Uh, into some of these places because uh, a lot of these uh, unfortunately older gentlemen uh, sit sitting on, on <laughs> senates for example uh, have no idea about you know how this stuff actually works um they haven't had any hands-on experience with it and uh, they for them they already have kind of you know large net wealth and therefore um why why bother you know they're, they're kind of they're sorted they don't need uh, a new financial system what, what problems it solving right for them there's no problem for it to be solved uh you know they they need to kind of leave um, and we need to get some some new fresh eyes uh, on the traditional financial system and all the issues that are currently there and then actually demonstrate how crypto resolves them um, because at the moment i think a lot of these uh uh politicians these high net worth individuals you know even take the uk pm right 
and his wife, right? But they don't they don't think that the traditional financial system is a problem, right? They're pro crypto, um, you know, and he's, if he's able to angle it in such a way that it benefits, you know, uh, from his angle or whatever, you know, that's fine. But for, from their point of view, what what problem is there? You know, they've, they've accrued vast wealth, um, you know, that financial system's worked incredibly well for them, right? <laughs> There's a few issues in places, sure, like you know. Uh, for the most part, it's worked incredibly well for a lot of these uh, politicians who have accrued vast amounts of wealth. Yet, um, you see, you see the everyday people who the financial system doesn't work for, right? And you see all these um, uh, people who are unbanked, right? Financial system doesn't work there, um, and it's really you know yet trying to get some fresh eyes on things um, from a different point of view. Uh, but you know, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon, uh, anyway. Um, shall we shall we move on from politics, uh, JV? It's a, it's, a, it's a subject we don't tend to like to talk about too much. Um, let's talk about the craziness that is Ledger still. Yes. Why why we're still talking about this, you know, I think is absolutely insane. I think we've covered it spectacularly. You know, the, there's not really been a stone unturned with this. Um, if you have missed anything we have spoke about Ledger, do check out the previous podcasts. I think we have covered every nook and cranny. If that's not a term you don't know, then you know we've basically <laughs> covered everything from front to back. The there is no fud, there is no backdoor, there is no issue with ledger. But Nicholas, what are we well, saying? Well, so apparently ledger users are flocking to Polkadot's vault for secure crypto storage, following and to quote the headline, major security gap. Um, now. Obviously, there's a lot of um, people who are unable to uh, read a simple article or watch a simple two-minute video with the explanations. And if they do happen to watch it, I think a lot of those people are also unable to listen and actually understand what's being spoken about. So let's break this down once more. There is a service available from Ledger that will encrypt and shard your private keys across three different locations. This is a service that you have to opt in for and pay for. This is not a backdoor to your crypto private keys. For example, in order to get your keys across to Ledger and to have it sharded and distributed, you have to sign that transaction. You have to export your private key from your hardware wallet. And I will emphasize the word there, okay, because I think people are missing missing this uh, entirely. It is a hardware wallet. This is not a software wallet. It is a hardware wallet. So let me get my ledger. I've got two of them, but I've got one right here. This ledger contains some private keys. Now, how, and I'll ask the question in a sarcastic way, how, <laughs> how does, uh, let's say, the US government subpoena ledger to get my private keys off this device? Any, any question, any answers in the live chat, let me know. Um, because... Uh, that was kind of sarcastic. It wasn't sarcastic enough, I don't think. Um, <laughs> they can't. And be why? It's because this is hardware. Okay? This has to be plugged in to something. Okay? In order for those keys to be exported from it. Ledger does not have a database full of private keys. At the moment, it does not. And there is no code in here that when I plug it in, someone's going to hack into my ledger device and just export my private keys. It doesn't happen. You have to sign every single transaction, including the export of your private keys. Okay, you have to log in. You have to 
click on an export button uh, and if you're going to take part in this service for ledger um recover then you have to go through a payment process at the same time it's not something you're accidentally going to do you're going to accidentally go to ledger you're going to accidentally click on uh, ledger recover you're going to accidentally select your payment method you're going to accidentally pay them you're accidentally going to connect your ledger sign into your ledger sign the transaction to send your private keys it's just not going to happen right so the question becomes if you don't want to take part in ledger recover that is fine what has changed absolutely nothing your private keys are still on your hardware right here okay now if you do take part in ledger recover what happens well your private keys are encrypted sharded in three different locations okay and then if you're taking part in ledger recover and you're a bad actor and you need to get subpoenaed by the government to have your private keys taken and uh, frozen for whatever reason then yes the uh, ledger will be able to provide your keys to the government but you'd have to be taking part in the service in the first place okay if you're not taking part in the first place then the subpoenaing ledger results in no private keys going to the government because there's no private keys that ledger have to give to the government now this also stems from the idea that coinbase where uh, subpoenaed and tens of thousands of people's uh, wallets were basically handed over that's a different situation. It's a totally different company and totally different parameters that sit behind it. Coinbase, for example, holds on its own centralized platform people's crypto. And therefore, those private keys to those wallets can be distributed and given to the government. That is not the same for Ledger. As I said, Ledger does not have a centralized database full of private keys. The private keys are created locally on the hardware which is the hardware wallet. So when I see an article that's saying, saying people are flocking and urging others to leave Ledger to Polkadot's vault, and I wonder, well, I haven't used Polkadot vault. I, mean, I like Polkadot. Great if it does well on the back of this. But I've not used Polkadot's vault. I don't know how secure that is in comparison to Ledger. Uh, it's not a hardware wallet as far as I know. Um, so does it, does it, is it more secure? Is it less secure? That's one for you guys to figure out. But when I see quotes that say, stop using Ledger hardware wallets, migrate away from them immediately. They've shown nothing but gross incompetence and wild misunderstanding of their own purpose. And the only misunderstanding and gross incompetence is this exact common who doesn't really know what they're even talking about. Because it's again, as I said, a hardware wallet, not a software wallet. It's not just randomly sending your seed phrases to Ledger at any point in time. There's purpose behind everything there. And um, I think there's it's just mass, mass uh, misunderstanding or just in the inability to truly understand what what a Ledger hardware wallet is and what a Trezor hardware wallet is. And there's no real need to even go open source, even though that's also being spoken about. It serves very little purpose in this world as well. Um, so great. I mean, you could go open source, benefit to it to a degree, but like that's not it's not as a necessity. And um, I just think there's this, this crazy overreaction to, yep. to fundamental basics. It's almost like saying um, my my xbox controller here when it's not plugged in not turned on i'm going to be able to play games like in, do you know what I mean? it's bonkers um but what's your thoughts on it jb so for what i know about the the the, the polka, dot, polka dot vault vault whatever that's quite hard to say vaults um that it's basically an air-gapped cold storage wallet so it's not hardware 
you know, you've you've still got the 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 issue that's previously mentioned. So it's not the same level of security as the likes of your uh, ledgers, your treasures. Again, most of these things are stuff I've never used. I have no interest in using them. I like ledger, I like MetaMask, but the the vault. I don't understand why that would be your go-to next level of security when it's in my eyes it's a step back it's more uh, more risky than using a ledger which nothing has changed if you choose not to opt in nothing has changed so i would then put on more level of risk by going to cold storage yeah um yeah i, I don't i don't like i don't like the news that's coming out about this that's obviously putting a lot of fud out in the market that you know there there is issues with ledger. If you hold a, a ledger that you you are at risk, this is not the case. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Even if you you know you opt in like you said before, and there, you were subpoenaed, well you've, you're doing some dodgy shit, and you deserve to have yourself investigated. Yeah. But if you're a clean, regular, normal person that's you know legit and not doing anything you shouldn't be doing, then you've literally nothing to worry about with it. And even if you were crooked, you still don't have anything to worry about. You'd have to do something seriously wrong to be investigated, to then be subpoenaed by the United States or whoever to get your codes. It's just, as you say, that's such an overreaction to it's, nothing. It's, it's not even an overreaction as such. It's a it's a, a gross misunderstanding um, of what it is that yeah. people hold. Um, they, these things, like they're called Ledger Hardware Wallets. It's in the goddamn name. <laughs> right like, and still you don't understand what it is um and, and i get it to a point right it's not necessarily everyone's expertise right it or um infrastructure generally right people don't always kind of you know resonate and understand exactly what it is that they're doing um but essentially one of the things you should try to understand is what it is that you hold down to the cryptocurrency to the actual wallets that you're using because if you're using metamask that's a warm wallet if you're using a ledger hardware wallet that's cold storage right um, and it's hardware, so it basically once it's disconnected from the internet, there's what risk is there? You could lose it, uh, Scottish big mama, <laughs> um, right? You could lose it, um, in the Caribbean. <laughs> right? In the Caribbean, um, you know. Alternatively, you know, you could, uh, and if you do happen to lose it, then there is services out there that will secure your private keys should you need to. You don't have to do that if you've got good backups already. This is just a service for those people who maybe don't have good backup solutions at the moment. Um, really, there's nothing to worry about here. A hardware wallet that does not have a backdoor to it simply is a hardware wallet. You can choose to opt in and send your private keys to Ledger for sharding and secure storage if you want to. Um, and of course, if you do that, then you do open the window of opportunity for governments to subpoena you and get your private keys should you be one of those really bad actors um, because most people are not going to be subpoenaed and also to kind of quote and to kind of put the fud out there uh, put, a, put an end to the fud out there for the idea that well coinbase were subpoenaed and everyone's wallets were compromised that way well sure but ledger is not a bank ledger is not an exchange ledger is a company that sells hardware right and they <laughs> i'll leave what, it there what i want to clean up there obviously i've thought about what I said about the, the Polkadot vaults and I can understand that I did call it cold storage. It, it technically is cold storage but it's not, you know, the conventional way we th we see a ledger. So with the Polkadot I would call vault, it centralised cold storage. Yeah, essentially. Basically, it turns your mobile phone 
into your storage so you'd have to put your mobile phone into airplane mode so you have no outbound or inbound connections on your phone um, so what would that include like so your NFC, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi all that has to be turned off so you've then got the issue there of sidechain attacks you know it's I don't I, I don't agree with the 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 narrative being pushed out here that you know Polkadot Vaults is more secure I can personally see um, you know just having a quick two second thought about the vault how many different ways you could access um, somebody's crypto through that all you'd have to do is steal their mobile phone which nine times out of ten you have in your pocket and you can you, you've then got the first access door into that whereas a ledger you know there's just there's so many more levels to it it's they're not on the same level whatsoever there's just there's there's no comparison between the ledger hardware wallet ledger hardware wallet and the polka dot vaults yeah uh, no i mean i haven't looked into polka dot vaults uh in any way shape or form uh it's not really been one that i'm interested in hardware is the way to go um like you know you can do that in an anonymous way you know kyc um and i was just trying to think of like another analogy right of uh of companies that sell hardware um and um you know people assume that they that that company that sells you that hardware can automatically here's one okay that you buy a um a kodak is it kodak camera you know uh that prints out the photo is that what they're called Uh, Kodaks were the wind-up ones, weren't they? Okay, that'll do. Right, a Kodak camera. Right, someone sells you the hardware for a Kodak camera, and people out there, they can access your photos (laughs) through the internet. You know, that's that's how stupid this is. Um, You know, it could be an opt-in service where maybe you have to send the photos to them for storing, right? You have to physically send them the photos for storing on their digital version or whatever. Um, Polaroid. Polaroid. That's the one, thank you. Um, so it's like a Polaroid camera gets sold to you, and then the person who receives the camera then starts complaining that, let's say, um, uh, is it Kodak's the company, maybe? I feel like there's a Kodak somewhere. <laughs> um, let, let's say Sony sells you a Polaroid camera, and then the person who receives the camera takes a couple of photos and starts complaining that Sony can access those Polaroids. Um, not without you sending Sony the Polaroids. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's another way of looking at it. Um, like the, the ledger hardware is hardware and it's uh, assuming that the company that sells you the hardware can access your private keys without you first giving them the private keys uh, is just absolute foolishness um, so it is what it is and I want to see all these news uh, articles and these news outlets stop talking about absolute garbage now because it's just really just irritating me when people don't understand what it is that they hold and it just spreads this um, fear and uncertainty and doubt about something that absolutely should not have any fear, uncertainty and doubt. This is the pinnacle of looking after your cryptocurrency. And I wonder whether there is a narrative here to try to get people to push their crypto back to the exchanges off of these hardware wallets where it's technically safer on the hardware wallet. That is it not on very the much does sound like that right now. It really does. Um, so uh, my fear overall, my fear, my uncertainty and my doubt is around exchanges. Um warm wallets and things like that hardware wallets i have zero fear zero uncertainty and zero doubt about them so there we go um i think though it's probably time to wrap this uh, this podcast up jb yeah yeah it's been a good one we just knocked off a few things that were quite important today um ak you're totally right there please do pump up the likes subscribe 
all the good stuff, you know. We really, really do appreciate it. We've seen the channel growing again. We're over 3.7k, which is very nice. So it's please do nice. subscribe. Get these numbers up for us, guys. Appreciate and that, yeah. For Nick Ass, I will leave you with the usual. <laughs> if you are going to trade, please do trade safely. Have a nice tight swap loss. Make great gains. Stay safe in the space. And I'll see you in the next one. Fantastic. Chris, any last words? And I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Perfect. And uh, to quote Chris, I'll catch you guys in the next one.